Hello, and welcome to Have We Met with Brett. This is the weekly podcast, and I will be your host, taking you through all of this week's new and exciting music releases that came out on September 22nd, 2023. You might have noticed a couple changes. We have sort of renamed the podcast a little bit. We thought Have We Met with Brett just had a better ring to it. I also have new podcast artwork. You'll see a lovely photo that was taken by Toronto photographer J-Mo Best, and the new artwork is designed by my partner and creative director, Daryl Maybe at Maybe It's Art. This is my 10th episode of the show, and if you've been with me from the beginning, I just want to say thank you for sticking it out. Don't worry, we'll still be talking about new music, but I'm going to start incorporating a little bit more personal information, some stories from my life, and the music is going to soundtrack those stories. We also want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world, and this week seemed like an opportune time to do it based on some of the protests and that sort of thing that are happening uh, right here in Canada. Now, before we get into all of that, I again want to say thank you for listening. If you have taken the time to rate or review the podcast, I appreciate it. If you haven't, please take a moment to do that. My friend Russ uh, of Pop Pantheon and I recorded a bonus episode the other day, and he said that in terms of the algorithm, that a rating or a review is the only way for a new podcast to sort of gain traction. So if you could help me out with that, I would really appreciate it. You can also help me out by sharing, subscribing, uh, donating, anything like that. What you need to do is go to at Have We Met Pod on Instagram. Follow me there. There is a link in the bio to take you to the podcast, to the playlists, and to donate. Anything that you can offer is hugely helpful to me and much appreciated. So before we get into talking about this week's new music, and there is a lot of music that I am very excited to talk about, I just want to take a second to talk about the protests that happened on Thursday. There was an organization called, I don't know, One Million Marching for Our Children or something like that. I don't think it was quite a million people across the country, but many major cities had people showing up to protest in... I don't know, this kind of imagined thing about trans people and the LGBTQIA plus community as if we are endangering children somehow. The The truth about any sort of trans affirming care for people who are young is that it's always life-saving. These are people who feel out of place, uh, misunderstood, misgendered, and anything that we can do to help those people feel more secure and comfortable in their bodies, especially in that really precarious time, is an actually amazing and, and life-saving, affirming thing. Anyone who tries to make that an issue is distracting you from what is really important. I read that the number of trans people in Canada is something like 0.33% of the population. It's hard to imagine such a small and already vulnerable part of the population receiving this much kind of ire and hate as as anybody else, you know? The, the thing for me is that anytime there is some sort of, well, usually religious protest happening, it's always something that they want someone else to stop doing. It's never something that they have to change about themselves. It's easy for them because they get to look down on you. They get to say, I'm better than you. I know better than you. You're doing something wrong. They don't have to change anything. They get to keep doing whatever it is they're doing that, you know, makes them such good people, apparently. Um, 
my personal take on this, and this is all I'm going to say, if you spend your day standing on the side of a street with a sign in your hand yelling at someone that you don't know, you are not someone who should be telling other people how to live their life. You are wasting your time on this earth. You should be out there doing something productive, doing something valuable, doing something that will make the world a better place. I was raised to believe that I am not better than anybody else, but I don't agree. I think I'm, I'm better than those people. We are going to celebrate, as we always do on this show, pop music and queer joy. And I am so happy that we get to talk about the new song by Troy Savon. Troy is an Australian singer-songwriter. He started rising to prominence in the late 2000s when he was appearing on Australian TV talent competition shows. His debut album, Blue Neighborhood, came out in 2015. And he, I think, is maybe our very first twink pop star. He's 28 now, but he's still serving big twink energy. (laughs) If you don't know what a twink is, it's like a skinny, hairless gay boy. I have seen Troy twice in concert, and both times I think I was more excited to see the opening act. That's because one year his opening act was Dua Lipa, and the next his opening act was Kim Petras. That being said, that shows his taste level is uh, immaculate. And the taste level of his new music is even better. He's going into this era off of the single Rush, which I have heard every single night out dancing that I've had this summer. It's a blast of energy that lives up to its name. And the really cool thing is that Troy is cultivating this fabulous, cohesive visual world. He's using the same director, the same stylist, the same costume designers, the same choreographer. So it's all living in this really colorful and vibrant and and a little bit bizarre world. The movement is so strange, but really unique and and really seems to suit his kind of body. He's kind of lanky, you know, and so moving his body in that kind of weird way, it's really exciting to see. You know, we rarely get to see a pop star really like keep up with their dancers anymore. And so it's that for me growing up as a dancer is one thing that I've always looked for. And you can tell he's having like his big pop girl fantasy moment and he's really enjoying it. There's really cute moments in the choreography where he'll like turn around and pull his pants down. And he does it in these different setups. And in one setup, he's not wearing anything under his pants. And so it's kind of like a a peekaboo moment that you don't really get to see. But it's really exciting and like pretty sexy to watch. The song itself, too, he's talking about this new album being about him being young, going out to gay clubs, you know, living that party kind of life and wanting the music to emulate that. He's referenced Janet Jackson's album, Demita Joe, as being one of his big influences. And that's one of my favorite Janet albums. And well, one of my favorite Janet songs is All Night Don't Stop. And so if he's doing anything even close to that on his new album, I'm going to be all over it. The new song is called Got Me Started. It was written again with Leland. He works with Leland on almost every one of his songs. Leland, you know, as the songwriter who works on RuPaul's Drag Race. But he's also written songs for Charlie XCX, for Ava Max, for Muna, and for Betty Who. So lots of other queer icons love working with Leland. I'm just going to play the song, and I'm going to see if you can recognize the sample that is featured very prominently on it. This is Got Me Started by Troy Sivan.
The sample is from a song called Shooting Stars by the Australian band The Bag Raiders. They gave an interview this week where they said that they have been asked to use that sample many, many times, but they've never let someone use it until now. And they said they wanted it to be an artist that they love and a song that they love. And they said they're big, big fans of Troy and of Got Me Started. I highly recommend you check out the video and I recommend you look for Troy's new album. It's called Something to Give Each Other and it comes out on October 13th. I mentioned that I want to talk about Queer Joy this week as much as possible, and I also mentioned that one of Troy's opening acts was Kim Petras, our very first trans pop star. She surprise released an album this week called Problematique. It was supposed to come out last year, but it leaked, and the release of it was shelved because they thought it just, you know, all the music was out there, so nobody would care. Personally, I don't really listen to leaks that much anymore. I find them more difficult to find. And I also, I really just respect that the artist wants to put it out at a certain time. And I want to hear the music when the artist intends for me to hear it, when it's finished, when it's official, when it's the time, you know? We love the artwork for the Kim Petras album. So here to talk about that with me is, once again, my lovely partner and creative director, Daryl Maybe. Hi, baby. Hi, everyone. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, not going to lie. I think the seasonal depression is starting to hit me <laughs> a bit. Yeah. Uh, it really feels like fall is here. Mm-hmm. You're not alone there, I don't think. No, I know. No. I am not alone. <laughs> <laughs> don't know where that came from. It's a weird day today, everyone. Let's <laughs> go with me. Are we going to get a little weird? Let's get weird. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about our first lady of trans pop starness, Kim Petras. Yes, we are. So the problematic cover, it was shot by Stephen Klein? Stephen Klein, yes. Yeah. So Stephen Klein is most known, well, at least to me, most known for his work with Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did most famously the Alejandro music video, yes. which we love to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we do, for so many reasons. For so many reasons. <laughs> it's hot. His uh, his work is really, uh, really homosexual, yeah. really, really, really sexy, really dark. Uh he also did the Fame perfume commercial, which if I don't know if you remember that, but it's kind of like a long, like a longer. I'm not uh, sure if I know that. Cool. What does it look like? Uh, it's it's she's she's kind of like gigantic, and there's these uh, like kind of like little men around her. It's I'll, I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you later. I love having it's little cool. men all around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were in the Wizard of Oz, so. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <I> man. <it. laughs> Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> Yes, uh, uh, I made you cry. So yes, yes, I know you liked it. Um, he's also worked with Madonna. He did a uh, he did a photography and video art installation with her in 2003 called Ecstatic Process, which yes. is named after one of her songs from American Life. And there's a Madonna reference on the Kim Petras album. There is. So when I was listening to the album on the first go, I heard a little "Come on." Uh, on the song Dirty Things, which is another favorite of mine on the album. Mm-hmm. And so I took it back, and it is, in fact, a sample from Madonna's Get Into the Groove uh, when she says, come on. Uh, and if you're a Madonna fan like I am, you you got it right away, too. Oh, it's iconic. Yeah, and I have it on I my... I heard it, too. Yeah, I have it on my phone here. I'm going to hold my phone up to the, the mic and, and play it for you real quick so you can hear what I'm talking about. Yes. And then I don't have to buy it on iTunes. 
There it is. Cute. Yeah. That is so cute. Super cute. And, you know, uh, Kim is a massive Madonna fan as mm-hmm. well. And she credits her, uh, you know, as being one of her greatest influences. And so, you know, I I definitely think we might be getting a Madonna-Kim uh, collab at some Whoa, point. Madonna, can you imagine? Well, Madonna, you know, she's known for working with, like, the hot the hot artists at the time. And uh, I, I could definitely see, it like, a one-off a one-off single, you know, like, like what she did with Sam Smith with totally. Vulgar, you know? Well, I know they recorded that the night after the Grammy and they had mentioned her in their acceptance speech, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, I mean, I think it's hard for any young female pop star to not have a special place in their heart for Madonna and what she did, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And I have one more more, uh, fast fact for you that I think you're going to love. About Stephen Klein? Yes. Okay. Stephen Klein shot the album cover for Britney's Britney album. No. Yes. Yes. He did. Cool. He did that entire photo shoot. Stop. Which, yes. Oh my god. Yeah. I was blown away when I saw that. That's one of my favorite shots of her. Me too. Or me shoots too. With her. Yeah. Me too. Oh my god. Yeah. I have the tights. I have the mug. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Stephen Klein tights. You were wearing them no the other way. day. Yeah. I love that. Yes. So. So cool. yeah. So the problematic album cover I think is so gorgeous as it's like Stephen has such a darkness to his his work, uh, and I think it lends itself really well to this album There's cover. Something like kind of stark about the colors. Yes. Right, she her skin looks so like fair. Totally, um, and she's naked. She's which naked. for being a trans woman nude on the cover of an album is I is that a first? Is it like I, I was gonna say I like don't quote me on this, but I think it might be. Yeah. Uh, and I mean like groundbreaking, iconic. It's really like it, she looks stunning. She looks stunning. It's a really gorgeous album cover. I love the typography on it. If you look closely at it, it's not actually a font it looks like a fabric it looks like something like a, an embellishment you would put on a jean jacket like or something like a something. like a patch or something yeah. you can look if you look really close you can see the like the thread detail the on it totally mm-hmm. and I, I just i love the position of it too it reminded me of madonna's erotica uh cool. if you look at the erotica album cover it's got this kind of like swishy kind of like flow to how it's laid out and um yeah no i just i wanted to talk about this album cover so it the album came out last week yes it was a surprise drop, and uh, it, it came out right as we were recording the last the last episode. That's right. So, I was like in the middle of it. And yeah, I like, oh, I'll talk about it next week. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, anyways, that that was the one I, I really wanted to talk about this week. Yeah, I think it's beautiful, and you like the album. I love the album. You like it more than. Feed the Beast. Yeah. Yes, I do. It's it's very disco for me. It starts it starts off right away with such a heavy disco beat. Mm-hmm. I love it. I've been listening to it nonstop all week. I've heard some mixed reviews from people. Uh, some people say they don't really like it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I, I personally love it. And I love kind of like a surprise... Um, a, a surprise moment. Well, you know? I was saying, like, it leaked last year, and that's yeah. why they never released it officially. Yeah. But I never really listened to the leaks, so no, it I, was new to me. Yeah, no, I don't I don't really listen to the leaks either. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I always find, I like, for me, I'm just, I, I assume that it's maybe, like, tampered with a little bit. Maybe it's not the final edit, you know? Mm-hmm. And as an artist myself, like, if somebody took my art away from me and released it against to the world will, against yeah. my will, I... I I wouldn't appreciate people kind of enjoying it in that way, yeah, you know? No, and I agree. I said something very similar right before you came oh, in, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, yeah, I just, I think it's a fabulous album. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for the concert. I'm really excited for the concert, too. And I think part of why they released the album was to help promote the concert, yeah. because the tour hasn't really been selling very well. Yeah, you were saying that. There's a lot of, well, they tried to do really big venues for her. Right. And I saw the seating chart for her show. It's either in Miami or L.A., and it was like barely even the 100 section like 
like a third full mm-hmm. in the 100 section. So it's going to be a lot of empty seats. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, because the last time we saw her would have been at the Phoenix when she was here. And yes, when was, that was before lockdown. It was in December of 2019, I believe. So we didn't know each other yet. We didn't. But we were both there. Yes. We, we might have been uh, bumping butts and we didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wow. I feel like I would have uh, remembered that butt if I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have made you remember. Yeah. yeah definitely. That's funny. Uh, but that was a fabulous show, it right? It really was, like, yeah. She... You know, uh, it was a smaller venue. She maybe didn't have the biggest budget, but what she did bring was really effective. She had these little screens at the back that, like, you know, during Heart to Break would project little hearts. And different songs would have different images that would connect with them. And then I remember she had this little rotating platform that she used for her kind of like turn off the light like the dark section yeah I remember that and she had this like long swinging ponytail yeah. and it was like really you know she was just standing there but mm-hmm. the rotating like it was really effective you know she looked like a like a demonic superhero yes or something, you know? she would love to hear you say that yeah. I'm sure <laughs> so like she was doing that and it was a fabulous show with a smaller budget mm-hmm. and all, on a smaller stage so I'm excited to see what she looks like in a bigger venue with, you know, maybe a bit more of a budget, maybe some backup dancers, that kind of thing. You know, I'm Me excited. Too. Yeah, I have high hopes. We mm-hmm. have uh, we have kind of a matching couples look planned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to get on that. Yeah. I have the horns and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> I've got my outfit together oh uh, you're a, such good, a good planner i'm a planner I, yeah. i'm a man with a plan yeah, yeah i'm like a i'm a spontaneous kind of individual yeah we yeah. balance each other out in that exactly. way though. i need a little i need to have a little bit more of that energy in my life I'm yeah a, i can be a little a little possessive over planning sometimes <laughs> but yeah. i like that no it's good we are a good balance Definitely, i think for sure uh i think going back to talking about the album mm-hmm. it's for me, a more cohesive listen than yeah. Feed the Beast. Yeah. So as an overall album, I think I appreciate it for that reason. I agree. Uh, but I do agree that Feed the Beast maybe has songs on it that are like higher highs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I agree. Um... She's still trying to find out her sound. She really is. Uh, and I also, I don't know, who's her record label? I'm trying to, they, I just... So this is the other thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. She is on... Uh, I think it's Republic, but she's still under a contract that is heavily involved with Dr. Luke. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of the reason why a lot of people have trouble, I think, fully supporting Kim. Because, A, she continues to work with him, and also she speaks out in favor of him, actually. Whereas a lot of people, you know, like Doja Cat or whoever else who's still you know, signed under him, they have tried to distance themselves. Right. So she is problematic in that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's like some people find that owning that is like kind of funny sure. and kind of like, I don't know, subversive. Yeah. But I think some people just take offense to it. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. Personally, uh, I, because she is trans and I mean, and because I think some of her early work is some of my favorite pop music of all time. Oh my God, yeah. I really want to see her succeed for yeah. that reason. Yep. Uh, you know, it's also difficult. Like Dr. Luke has produced, you know, so many songs for Katy Perry, for Britney Spears, for for Kesha, you know, that are really great songs. And so it's like, you know, I know he's still making money off of that. He's still, you know, trying to like rehab his image or whatever. And, you know, some people think he's using Kim as like a tool to make himself look better. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like in turn, I think she's 
maybe using him to get to to where she wants to be you know totally. like she you know she's she's still uh you know climbing the success ladder in a lot of ways and i think she's just trying to get to a certain a certain place in, yep. the, in the pop world and yeah and like i said i think her her management her team whatever just i think it's you know it's a little all over the place they're still you know kind of trying to figure it all out but yeah, Kim has the goods. Yeah, I agree. She's she, a fabulous singer. Yeah, and um, I'm oh also that Paris Hilton song in the album is so yes. freaking iconic. It's so good. <laughs> it's really good. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, icons only. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say when you walked in the the closet. That's what you should say every time I walk in the closet. Icons only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So uh, let's have a listen to. You said deeper is your favorite on the album. Deeper for sure. Oh, the taste level. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm gonna play you just a little clip of Deeper by Kim Petras, and everyone say goodbye to Daryl. Bye, everyone. Love you. See you soon. Love you. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been hurt while listening to that clip that Deeper might also have a bit of a Madonna reference hidden inside of it. Uh, It's very like a prayer where the lyrics sound like they could be about one thing, but they might very obviously be about something else too. I'm a fan of Kim's and I have been since the very beginning. And I mean, let's be honest. What is a pop star without a little bit of controversy surrounding them anyway? <laughs> but if you like your pop stars to be the opposite of problematique, then you're going to really love our next artist. She has been in the game for over 40 years. Her newest song, Tension, is apparently her 47th top 20 song in the UK. I am, of course, talking about the iconic Kylie Minogue. Kylie like Troy Savon, is also from Australia. She released her new album on Friday. It is also called Tension. And we went to a an album release party on Thursday night. This was really cool. It was in store at a place called Pop Music Toronto on Broadview Avenue near Girard. They had us line up outside. They had 50 exclusive fan bundles to give away. So it was a vinyl, a poster, and a tote, all Kylie branded. And the vinyl is really cool because apparently there are only 300 of this exclusive orange vinyl available in Canada. And this store alone had 50 of them. And we were lucky enough to get a copy. So thank you, Pop Music Toronto, for hosting us. We went in. We all kind of lined up. We They had wine. They had booze. We were listening to the vinyl, kind of milling around, chatting with other Kylie fans, you know, people who have seen her five times, people who are going to see her in Vegas, people who have been fans for a long, long time. And then there were also really young fans which was really cool. One of the guys in front of us was, I mean, he must have been in high school, 16, 17. He was there with his mom and his grandma, and he was holding a CD copy of Aphrodite. And I said, oh, I love that album. That's kind of like when I really, I mean, I got into Kylie for Can't Get You Out of My Head, obviously, but 
Aphrodite was when I saw her live. And so I have a really soft spot in my heart for that album. It might actually be my favorite. And he pulled out, he had two other CDs in his denim jacket and he was fangirling. And I was like, how do you even know Kylie? Like, you're so young. And he said that Can't Get You Out of My Head was also the way he found out about her. He said his parents were from Iran and that they loved Kylie over there. And it was so funny because he said, yeah, I found out about her through my dad, you know, and you would, you, you're probably surprised because Iran is literally under a rock. <laughs> I was like, did you get that from your dad, too? That's that's very funny. I hate myself for laughing at that, but it's very funny. Anyway, the album, fabulous. We came home. We put it on again when we made dinner. I really love a lot of it. I'm still getting to know it. It's a really varied album, whereas, you know, her last couple have been almost more concept albums. You know, Disco was obviously disco-infused, and the one before that, Golden, almost had a country sort of flair. And so it's nice to hear Kylie experimenting a little more, playing with different sounds. I still find it a very cohesive listen overall. It's all very modern sounding pop music, you know, some 80s kind of flair thrown in. Uh, Her voice just sounds incredible. Apparently during lockdown, she started learning how to produce her own vocals. So she sets up, she calls it her infinite disco studio. So wherever city she's in, whatever hotel room she's in, she can record there on the spot. And it doesn't, you know, she doesn't have to wait until she gets into the studio. And she says she really likes working that way and that it's actually been really exciting to kind of learn new skills, even at this late stage in her career. It's also amazing to see someone who has battled ageism in pop music for a long, long time stay relevant you know it looks like the album is probably going to debut at number one in the uk it's going to be i think her ninth number one album which (laughs) incredible you know especially at this stage she has been gaining so much momentum and so much goodwill from the pop music community in general over the last few years and i think one of the things that people really love about her is that she's just she's never really done anything wrong you know she's so likable she's so charming and she just loves music and she understands the joy that music can bring to people. She performed a concert uh, for the BBC last weekend and it was an incredible show. I think she's fabulous on stage and an amazing singer, but also an amazing presence. You know, she just radiates so much warmth on stage. She has so many amazing, amazing songs. It's kind of hard for me to pick a new favorite, but the one I'm going to play for you was apparently the first song that they recorded for the new album. One of my favorite Kylie songs is All the Lovers. It might actually be my very favorite Kylie song. And so she does those, they call it emoto pop, a very uh, emotional, sweeping, euphoric kind of sound. And so the song that I have been really responding to from the new album is called Hold On To Now. And it has that build. It has this sense of optimism. It's emotional. It's maybe a little melancholy it's really really a gorgeous song she performed it live at that concert for the bbc and we watched it last weekend and we were both just crying it's it's really quite stunning everybody had their like flashlights in the air yeah it's a beautiful moment so let's have a listen to the new kylie minogue this is hold on to now
Uh, isn't that stunning? She said in an interview that she feels fully transported when she hears that song. She says she feels like she's asking both the existential and the immediate questions. And for me, so often we see pop music as being this kind of, I don't know, vapid or meaningless thing. And Kylie has such a way of infusing meaning and emotion into what she's singing about. And I think that the deeper meaning in that song is just shines through so, so beautifully. And she seems so comfortable and at ease with her artistry and where she is in her life. And I think that is all shining through as well. The other thing that's really cool is that she's worked with a lot of the same writers and producers for a long time. Uh, there's a man named Biff Stannard, who I think she started working with during the Light Years era, so late 90s. He actually is most famous for working with the Spice Girls, and they have worked together on, I think, every Kylie album since then. So they obviously have a great working relationship and really trust each other and, and understand each other and what they have to bring. So yeah, I'm thrilled for Kylie. It's such an exciting time to be a fan of hers. And I can't actually even wait to see what's next. She just put out another bonus edition of her album on her store that has two extra songs on top of the deluxe edition. So go check those out if you haven't heard them yet. And while Kylie isn't technically queer herself, she is a gay icon for an entire generation. Actually, maybe multiple generations now. So she very much fits in with this week's theme of queer joy. And so does our next artist. One of my very earliest memories of being a music fan, you know, in addition to the Spice Girls, in the 90s, I remember going over to my cousin Sam's house. And there was one day where she had an album on and she was listening to TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool. And I remember her telling me about the song Waterfalls and listening to it and thinking she was so cool, first of all, like, you know, <laughs> I've never heard of them. Oh, my God. Like, whatever. It must have been right before I got MTV, because obviously, as soon as I did, No Scrubs was everywhere. They were on the VMAs. And I think that was a huge part of why I had such love for R&B at that age. You know, Destiny's Child, Brandy, and of course, Aaliyah. So it was really cool because my cousin Sam texted me last week and said she's been listening to the podcast. And she asked if I had heard of a singer named Chapel Roan. The answer was no. I, I mean, it vaguely rang a bell, but I didn't know any songs off the top of my head. And I consider myself a pretty encyclopedic knowledge of music. So I was so excited to check her out. And what perfect timing. She released a brand new album on Friday. Sam told me that some of the songs are singles that have been out for a little while and that only about half the album is new as of this week. But I was checking out the song credits for one of the writers. And he's behind songs for Olivia Rodrigo, Freya Ridings, and the iconic So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings by Carolyn Polachek. So all of that got me really excited to listen to this album. She was born Kaylee Rose Amstutz, but she decided on the stage name Chapel Roan in honor of her grandfather, Dennis K. Chapel, who died of brain cancer in 2016. And apparently his favorite song was called The Strawberry Roan. She says that she makes dark pop with ballad undertones, but the song I'm going to play for you doesn't really give me that at all. It has this kind of brash, bombastic, almost like pop punk kind of sound, but with this undercurrent of like a new disco sort of beat. So it's a really exciting listen and a great introduction for me to this new artist. So I hope you'll like this. It is called Super Graphic Ultra Modern Girl, and this is Chapel Roan.
Like, how much fun is that? I, I think a big problem of mine with Olivia Rodrigo's music is I find her vocal delivery just a little, I don't know, it lacks a little bit of personality for me. And I get loads of personality from that song. I just get such a sense of who she is from even hearing that one chorus. I hope that you'll check out her album. It is called The Rise and Fall of a Midwestern Princess. I love those kind of long poetic names. It's giving me like Fiona Apple or something. And it's also going to provide a very perfect little segue into our next song. She's looking for an ultra super modern girl, graphic, blah, 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 whatever, girl like me. And I want to play a song for you that is also called Girl Like Me. The new album by Slater also came out on Friday. We are spoiled for new releases. We've talked about Slater before, actually on my very first episode of Have We Met. I played for you a song called Miss Belladonna. And it was my pick for song of the week on my very first episode. So Slater and I are going to have a long and beautiful connection. I can already tell. We, again, got to see her in February. She opened for Tovlo, but it was before all these new songs were coming out. She's playing Toronto again on Halloween, which I think could be a really, really fun time to go and see her. I think, so I mentioned earlier, my friend Russ and I recorded a special bonus episode of the podcast the other day, and we talked about all of the concerts that we have been to see in the last year and a half. It was seven shows in total, and then we realized that we're going to see four more together in October, and I think we're going to make Slater one of them. Keep an eye out for that bonus episode, it's going to turn up on my very brand new Have We Met Patreon. That is going to become my paid sort of subscription place, the way I'm going to try to monetize this podcast. So if you enjoy listening to the weekly episodes, I hope you'll sign up for the Patreon. I'm going to have special guests come on and talk music with me. I'm also going to do deep dives into some of my favorite underknown pop artists. So I'm already prepping episodes about Tom S. Paul, Muna, and of course, the newly retired Call Me Loop. So if you've been enjoying my music taste or even just enjoying listening to me ramble on about music, then I hope that you'll consider subscribing. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast itself, I hope you'll take a moment to do that now. You'll be notified anytime I upload a new episode. I hope you'll also take a moment to review or rate the podcast wherever you are listening or even on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Again, the algorithm looks for high ratings and for reviews. So please consider doing that and helping me build my audience even more. All of that being said, we have to talk about the new Slater album. You can tell this is someone with very big pop star aspirations. It is a fabulous album. It's so cohesive. She sounds amazing on it. And there's really big sounds, really smooth vocals, really just a lot of character. You know, we're talking about getting to know these people through their songs. And I mean, A, her name's Slater with three Ys. So that's going to give you an idea about how hard she slays. This album is also called Starfucker. So she has a bit of a glamour, something a little dangerous, a little sexy going on. And I find every part of that so alluring and so appealing. The song I'm going to play for you is called Girl Like Me. It also has a very bright kind of new disco feel to it. It's a little more on the sweet side of what she normally is singing about. And I think that's what made it stand out for me on the first listen. It almost sounds like it could be a Carly Rae Jepsen song. She had a massive day for streaming for this album, too. And so you can tell her audience is really building and that people are excited about what she has to offer. I hope that you are, too. I'm going to play you a clip of my favorite song from Starfucker. This is Girl Like Me by Slater.
Yeah, I can see myself listening to that a lot, a lot. It's that smooth, really bright, kind of like, it's got this sweet undertone, but she's also singing about something a little bit sexy, you know what I mean? The album definitely has some sort of harder edge songs and some darker songs. I'm actually, I'm looking on the iTunes store right now at the description of the album, and it compares her to both Charlie XCX and, you guessed it, Blackout Era Britney. So that's why I love it, obviously. If you like the sound of that, if you remember Miss Belladonna, the whole Slater album is out now. I think you should throw it on right as soon as this episode is done. And you should consider coming to see her in concert with us on Halloween. I mentioned that Miss Belladonna was our favorite song, the very first episode of Have We Met? And that means it's time for us to talk about my favorite new song this week. I have been seeing this artist's name pop up uh, a lot over the last year or so. She had a song early last year called Pretty Girl Era, and she is featured on one of my most played songs of this year, Lottery with Lotto. This is Lou Kala. She was born in the Republic of the Congo, but her family moved to Toronto when she was quite young. She was born Lusamba Vanessa Kalala and originally started releasing music as Vanessa Lou, but she's been known as Lou Kala for the last few years. In 2018, she was the grand prize winner of the Emerging Musician Program by RBC, where they gave her $10,000 worth of studio time. And I have to say, I feel like that time has really paid off. Apparently, she left school quite young to pursue music, and her mom supported her right away, but it took her dad a little bit longer to come around. She had some success writing for other people, but Pretty Girl Era last year became her first entry on the Canadian Hot 100. And Lottery this year became her first entry on the U.S. Hot 100. Apparently, she's prepping an EP that's going to come out a little bit later this year. And Hotter Now is hopefully our first taste of that. It's a very clever little wordplay, but I don't want to spoil the joke for you. I want you to have a listen, and I want you to celebrate that we're celebrating a Canadian artist as our song of the week for the very first time. Everyone, meet Lou Kala, and this is Hotter Now. That is the kind of confidence that I want to hear on a song like that. Just feeling better about yourself after something bad happens is, you know, can be really difficult. And building yourself up is the most important thing because, you know, if you wait for other people to do it, it might never happen. <laughs> and what doesn't kill you makes you hotter. That's just that's just funny. <laughs> I'm actually glad that the song is called Hotter Now because it leaves that joke to be a bit of a surprise. Last week, there was an album out by another um, Toronto-based band. They're called The Beaches. And there was a song on it called What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Paranoid. It made me think, I don't know if you're into musical theater, but there is a show called A Chorus Line, one of my favorites. And there is a documentary about A Chorus Line when they did the Broadway revival of it in the mid-2000s that is all about casting the musical. And they talk about the song Dance 10 Looks 3. And they said, you know, they thought the song was hilarious. It was getting all these laughs and rehearsals. And the audience was showing up and they weren't laughing when 
The chorus came up and they realized it was because they had titled the song Tits and Ass and given away the punchline before people had even heard the song. And I think what's really smart about calling the song Hotter Now instead of What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Hotter is it lets you experience the joke when you're listening to it for the first time. So that's why I didn't want to ruin it for you. And The Beaches, if you're listening, you should have just called that song Paranoid. But it's still very funny. Don't worry. I usually try to cut these episodes off around 35, 40 minutes, and I know we're going a little bit over today. I hope that's okay. I'm having fun. Hopefully you are too. And even if you're not, it's my show, so I'm going to do what I want. There is one more song that I really want to talk about today, so that's why we're going to go over. I'm going to make it worth your while, all right? I really want to talk about Eden XO. She has had a very long career in the music industry, but not always as a solo artist. She was originally in a group called Shut Up Stella, but when the band got dropped from their record deal, she quit and she decided to go on and focus on her career as both a solo artist and an actress. She then started a band called Jesse and the Toy Boys, who opened... You guessed it, for Britney Spears on 2011's Femme Fatale tour. I think that was the most expensive concert ticket I have ever purchased. I sometimes hear how much people spend on tickets now, though, and I think, okay, I I got a good deal. We were in the fifth row on the floor. It was the 4th of July. I remember I titled my picture album on Facebook, Red, White, and Britney, because I was there with my friend Brayden. He was wearing a red and black plaid shirt, and I was wearing my white Britney t-shirt that he bought for me on a trip to Thailand. The other opener on that tour was Nicki Minaj, actually. So that was a really great concert, truly. (laughs) I think that's the first time I've said truly today. I was listening to the episode last week and I was like, if I say truly one more time. So I'm going to allow myself one truly per episode from now on. So I've actually seen Jesse and the Toy Boys live. And I owe that little tidbit of information to my good friend Tyrell. Jesse and the Toy Boys sounds like a band, but the Toy Boys were actually mannequins because she really wanted plastic bandmates that couldn't get in the way of her artistic vision. She signed a new record deal in 2013, and that's when she started going by her middle name, Eden, and she added the XO. I have a few songs of hers on my overall Have We Met playlist, and this one is getting added to that straight away. It is called Bad Apple, and then one, two, three in brackets. And you'll understand why when you hear the chorus. She kind of counts and then says something, counts again, says something else. It's a, a tried and true format for a song, but I think it sounds really fresh. It also is a little bit on the darker side of what we've been listening to today. So I hope you like it. It's got a lot of energy and I've been a fan of hers for a long, long time. And the whole point of this podcast is to introduce you to people that you might not have heard of otherwise. So get ready. This is Eden XO, Bad Apple, one, two, three. Cause we're all just animals One, two, three I aim to cut it like an autopsy Let out the beast that lives inside of me I know you want it Let's do wild, wild things Let's just be bad Four, five, six I'm such a savage Inappropriate Oh, can't think I will take a How much fun is that, right? I love that sass, that kind of dark-sided energy. That always adds a layer of excitement to me when I listen to a song like that. Like, take a bite of me, I'm a bad apple. That's a really, that's sexy to me. I've been using that word a lot today too, haven't I? (laughs) It's It's just a great week for music. Now, as usual, I 
do have some songs that I don't have time to talk about today. So that is why I recommend that you follow the playlist either on Spotify or Apple Music. Once again, those links are on my Instagram at HaveWeMetPod. I find I'm getting a little bit more into my research and I'm trying to talk about people that I have interesting stuff to say about. But that means that I'm talking about fewer songs, which means that you'll get even more out of following that playlist. Okay, so shoot that a follow right now. Did you do it? Did you do it yet? (laughs) That brings us to the end of another episode of Have We Met with Brett. My 10th episode. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. I hope you met your new favorite song today. And if you didn't, well, there's always next week, isn't there? Remember to keep an eye out for this week's announcement of my Patreon and my bonus episode with Russ. I'll be uploading a preview of it here so you can get an idea of what it's going to sound like. And I appreciate your ongoing support. Again, hit me up on Instagram at HowWeMetPod. Follow me there. Follow the playlist, the podcast. Rate, share, subscribe. All of that is super helpful to us. And yeah, I'll see you next week. It was really nice to meet you.